Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The combination of this university with its world-class education and this athletic department with its some of the best programs and the respective sports in the country, and this basketball program with one national championship and 10 Final Fours and 14 Sweet Sixteens and 27 NCAA tournament appearances and 20 Big Ten championships and 51 draft picks in a location where there is a rich pool of talent to recruit beginning with this state and then that whole combination supported by Buckeye Nation a passionate fan base that absolutely loves and craves a winner that combination was was just simply too hard to pass on are you ready for the best Buckeye basketball podcast by the fans for the fans they cover the Buckeyes and the Big Ten from a perspective like none other. The OHIO Podcast is proud to present Shot from the Shot. Here are your hosts, Nikki D and the Monk. All right, we're back here with Shots from the Shot with the Monk and Nikki D. We have two people joining us today, Eric Buckeye Boggs and Crystal Wildman Wilds. How are we doing, everybody? Good. Excellent. Uh, living the dream. Awesome. Well, as we all found out this last five, six games of the regular season and then going into the Big Ten tournament, we fell apart, guys. Um, Eric, we, we'll post our, uh, our conversation here later on, um, in the evening. Um, so I just want to give this chance to give, uh, the Monk and Chris their thoughts on Holtman and the end of the Buckeye season in the Big Ten tournament. Well, I mean, I'm still a little disappointed that so many people are really just throwing this man under the bus. I mean, I personally think he's done a really good job. Since he's been with Ohio State, he's stayed consistent. His recruiting is getting better, like the class that he's got coming in next year could rival just about any other class that Ohio State, in my opinion, has really pulled in. A lot of top talent coming in. And the biggest thing is we finally have true centers coming in. And I think that's going to make all the difference in the world for us. But they definitely need to figure out some consistency issues and – like Eric had mentioned before, they just don't have that floor leader this year, and that's something that really hurt us. 
So I don't know. I, I think that he's done a great job personally. The Wild Man, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not quite as high on him as, as what uh, Jason is. Uh, for me, you know, I think he's done an adequate job, but I expect a lot more given the talent that we've had coming in. Uh, you know, we seem to have some inconsistency issues. We seem to have some issues closing out games. I think he is an excellent recruiter. Um, boy, I just I don't know if his game. I, I don't know if that. It seems like much like we talked about with the football team this last year. I think we lack some toughness. Uh, you know, Big Ten basketball can be brutal, and, and I think we lack some toughness there. Uh, it also seems like any time that a team can shut shut us down and keep uh, EJ from getting the ball down there in the post to either shoot or kick it back out, if you shut down EJ, EJ this team's done. Uh, you know, I, I really think that, like I said, I don't think Holman's a bad coach. And I think he's a good recruiter. I just don't know if his game is suited to the Big Ten because it seems like we have a lot of problems when it comes to closing things out. Eric, would you like to respond? Mm, Do I have to? (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) As you all will hear later in this podcast, I – I – I've lost – I've lost my hope. I've lost my – we were quite rough on him. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I I no longer have any confidence that Holtman's going to be able to do the job. Um, and, and as we're going to find out when we start to fill out our brackets, guys, I think I think a lot of Buckeye Nation is going to be with me, and that if we win one, that's going to be about as good as it's going to get for us this year in this tournament. If we make it to the Sweet Sixteen, I will be floored, absolutely shocked. <laughs> oh, I agree. Well, let's, you brought it. You brought it to us, uh, Buckeye, so let's get straight to it. The brackets came out today, Selection Sunday, one of the best Sundays of the year. Um, you know, we get the, we get the field of 60. I like still call it the field of 64, but what is it now? The field of 68 or something now? Yeah, there's four more, yeah. So, um, the number one overall, uh, seed here is, uh, we started the West. We got Gonzaga, Vince there, 16 Georgia State. The 8-9 matchup is Boise State, Memphis, respectively. The 5-12 is Yukon, New Mexico State. Arkansas, Arkansas, Vermont is your 4-13 matchup. Your, um, 6-11 is going to be Alabama. And then the play-in game of the winner of Rutgers, Notre Dame. That's a heck of a play-in game, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Which, which, I'm going to get to a point here when we talk about that game, what I like about that. And then um, we have the number 314, which is Texas Tech, Montana State, Michigan State, Davidson is your 712. And then the number one overall, number two seed, Duke versus CSU Fullerton. Um, All right, let's start at the top. Buckeye Boggs, one versus 16, Gonzaga, Georgia State. Who's moving on? Zags. It's not a question. Monk. You got to go, Zags. Wild man. Yeah, I have Gonzaga as well. I as well. All right, so we have Boise State, Memphis. Let's keep that same order. Buckeye? Yeah, I'm going to actually go uh, with Boise State here. I like Memphis. I love Penny Hardaway there, but this is a tough draw for them. 
Boise State is a very solid basketball team. Nice, Memphis moving on. Buck? I'm with Eric. I I would take Boise State. I'll tell you, I'm actually taking Memphis in this one. I I like what Penny Hardaway is doing down there at Memphis. I'm taking him. I love Penny, too. I'm taking the Memphis Tigers. Um, UConn, New Mexico State. Um, I'm going New Mexico State here with that 12-5 upset. You're not the only one. I'm taking New Mexico State, too, as as well. Yep, UConn. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Jason on this one. Give me UConn. I like it. I like it. Arkansas, Vermont, Buckeye Boggs. Uh, yeah, going with Arkansas. Vermont scares me if I'm them. I think this is a bad, bad draw for Arkansas. But a 12-13 second round matchup, that's hard for me to see. Give me, give me the Hogs. Buck? Um, I would have to go Arkansas because I just don't really know a whole lot about Vermont. So initially, I would take Arkansas. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I like Arkansas's toughness. Uh, give me Arkansas. I'm going to take Arkansas as well, but Vermont, fundamentally sound team. Mm-hmm. Um, and now yes. we have the 6-11, where you have uh, the where you have Alabama, and then the winner of the Rutgers Notre Dame. Who do you guys have? I'm going with Bama, but let me let me let me give you an asterisk here. It's only because Rutgers will then have to go all the way across the country. They'll play in Dayton, and then they got to go out to the West. I think it is so. I I just that travel I think is going to be too much and Bama's going to have fresh legs so unfortunately Crimson tied for me. Well, uh, Eric sold me right there because uh, I was thinking Rutgers, but <laughs> he makes a good point with the travel, so I w- I'll go with Bama as well. You know what? There's nothing I like more than disagreeing with Eric. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take the play-in winner, who I will predict is going to be Rutgers. I'm taking the play-in winner as well. And what I like about this play-in game, and I and I said I was going to mention it when I was going through it, is they did not – this is two big names, you know, a Big Ten school and Notre Dame and ACC school in basketball playing to get into the tournament. This isn't a conference champion, you know, a mid-major conference champion playing to get in. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about that matchup. I'm glad they're starting to do that more. Um, I'm taking Texas Tech over Montana State, Buckeye Boggs. Texas Tech. Yep, I'm right there with you. I think they're going to make a pretty far run or deep run. Yeah, Texas Tech. All righty. Michigan State Davidson, I'm taking Sparty. This is my upset, guys. This is a bad, bad draw for Michigan State. Davidson matches up extremely well against them. This is an upset. I'm taking the number 10 team. Nice. Yep. This this is one of the games that I had marked off as a one that stood out to me that could be an upset, and I would go Davidson as well. Well, I told you how much I like arguing with Eric, but you know what? He's 100% right on this one, Davidson. <laughs> All right. Uh, Duke, you uh, see us Fullerton. I'm taking my Blue Devils here. Yeah, give me Dukey. Yeah, I would go Duke, but I I don't know. Maybe they're going to come in so hype with it being Coach K's last year, and maybe that just gives makes them lose. And 
just having so much energy and that just drains them. But yeah, I'll go Duke. I'll tell you, Jason, I think just the opposite. I think it helps them get to a, a fairly deep run. So I'm going to take Duke here. Alrighty. Um, let's just stay in the side of the bracket and let's just keep going through it till we Perfect. get to the final four. Um, so we're going to go back up. Um, I had Gonzaga of Memphis. Um, I'm taking Gonzaga in that. Um, if you guys just say who your matchup there would be and then who you're taking. Perfect. I got Gonzaga Boise and they played earlier this season and Boise took them to the limit, but Gonzaga's just a stronger team. Yeah, it's, I, I think this might be the Zags year to finally pull it off. So I'd go Gonzaga over Boise State. <clears throat> Yeah, I've got Gonzaga here as well over Memphis. Alrighty, um, I brings me to New Mexico State, Arkansas. Um, I've actually Arkansas uh, moving on there. I got the same match matchup of twelve four here, but I'm picking the upset. Give me New Mexico State to get to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, Monk. Yeah, I uh, haven't filled mine out yet, so I, I know I had Arkansas, so we'll go Arkansas. <laughs> Alrighty. And Wildman? I've got UConn, Arkansas, and I am actually taking Arkansas here. Alrighty, that brings me to the um, my playing game versus Texas Tech. I'm taking Texas Tech. Um, and then why don't we just go ahead and just do it. I'm taking Duke to play Texas Tech in the Sweet 16. Buckeye Bogs. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me Texas Tech and Duke. I agree with that. Uh, I like Davidson, but I, I think Duke's going to be on a kind of a high here, and I love that Sweet 16 matchup of Texas Tech-Duke. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to differ. I'm going to take uh, Texas Tech versus Davidson, and mm. uh, I'm going to take Texas Tech to win that one. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I'm actually going Texas Tech Duke as well. Alrighty, alrighty. Um, so that'll bring me to the 1-4. Um, then we have the 2-3 Duke, Texas Tech. So I'm going to take Gonzaga Duke to the Elite Eight. I am going to differ slightly with you. I'm going to take Gonzaga, and I think this is where Duke goes out. Texas Tech with the upset. I really like this Texas Tech team. Yep, I, yeah. I will... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I jumped. I jumped. You go ahead. No, you're good, man. Um, but yeah, I'll take uh, Texas Tech and Gonzaga. Already, I've got Texas Tech and Duke. Texas Tech and oh, Duke. you can't have Texas Tech and Duke. Which one? You got Gonzaga. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've got Gonzaga and Duke. I apologize. Already. There you Already. go. Okay. Um, let's move down here to the east. Um, so your 116 is going to be Baylor, Norfolk State. Uh, North Carolina Marquette is your 8-9. 5-12 is St. Mary's. And then I believe that's Indiana versus what? Wyoming. You are correct, yes. UCLA Akron is going to be your um, 4-12, 4-13 matchup. Um, Texas Virginia Tech is going to be your 11-6. And then Purdue Yale. Three fourteen, seven ten, San uh Marie State San Francisco, and then uh those Wildcats um of Kentucky uh for St. Peter's is your two fifteen. Um let's just uh let's just go here straight to the uh like who you guys would uh have like into the Elite Eight here. Um I'm gonna go ahead and take Baylor and North Carolina as as that as those two. Um the IU, I'm taking IU. 
um, over St. Mary's and Akron over UCLA. Texas over Virginia Tech, Purdue over Yale, Murray State over San Francisco, and Kentucky over St. Peter's. Buckeye Boggs, your first round winners. Uh, I got Baylor, North Carolina, St. Mary's, UCLA, so going all chalk there. Then I got Virginia Tech taking down the Longhorns, Purdue, Murray State, and Kentucky. So my only upset is 11-6 in Virginia Tech in that bracket like it uh let's go here with the monk oh can you uh do chris first i'm sorry yep no worries chris go yeah i've got baylor facing uh baylor in north carolina i have st mary's in akron i've got texas and purdue murray state in kentucky nice ready buck you ready all right, yeah, I'll take uh, Baylor, um, Marquette, uh, St. Mary's. I'm really tempted to take Akron over UCLA, so I'm going to go ahead and do that and take Akron. Um, and then Virginia Tech over Texas. And I tell you, uh, we'll go Purdue, Murray State, and Kentucky. Alrighty, so um, I have an upset here, um, North Carolina over Baylor. IU moves on, um, Purdue over Texas for me, and then Kentucky over Murray State. Buckeye Boggs, your second round? Yeah, so here's what I got. I got Baylor over North Carolina, St. Mary's over UCLA, Purdue and Kentucky move on for that 3-2. I have uh, Baylor over North Carolina, St. Mary's over Akron, Purdue over Texas, and Kentucky over Murray State. Buck. Um, yeah, I'll go uh, Baylor over Marquette, and St. Mary's over Akron, Purdue over Virginia Tech, and then Kentucky over Murray State. Alrighty. Um, so I have North Carolina moving it on to the Elite Eight over IU, Purdue over Kentucky, Buckeye Boggs. Yeah, give me Baylor and Kentucky one two, and I think that would be that's going to be a battle. I like it, Buck. Oh, man, I'm like way behind here because <laughs> I did not fill this out. Um, yeah, we'll go. With uh, Kentucky and Baylor out of that region. Oh, yeah, right. I also have Baylor and Kentucky out of that region as well. All righty, let's just move directly right over to the other side here, the Midwest. Um, Texas, Kansas versus, um, I believe, the play-in, which is going to be Texas Southern versus AMCC. Um, then San Diego State, Creighton, Iowa, Richmond, Providence, South Dakota State. LSU, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Colgate, USC, Miami, and then Auburn and Jacksonville State, which is wild how Jacksonville State actually got into the tournament. Um, if you didn't know, Bellarmine um, moved from Division Two to Division One, and they are still in their grace period of postseason bans, I guess, um, for when they moved up a division. Um, so because Jacksonville State was the regular season champion, they get in over the tournament champion, 
Bellarmine because of that weird scenario thing. Um, so I'm going to take Kansas, Creighton, Iowa, Providence, LSU, Wisconsin, Miami, and Auburn. I am the same other than I chose Iowa State over LSU, and I chose USC over Miami. Those were the only differences I had than you. All righty. Go ahead, uh, Wild Man. Well, I'll tell you, I've got Kansas and Creighton. Upset alert, I'm taking the Spiders over Iowa. <laughs> After they just won the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> I'm telling you, Spiders are scrappy. Well, you know, they they played, what was it, four games in four straight days? Yeah. Yeah. But so did Richmond. So. Uh, I also have Providence. LSU, Wisconsin, Miami, and Auburn. Monk? Uh, take Kansas, San Diego State, Iowa, Providence, um, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Miami, and Auburn. Alrighty. I'm taking Kansas over Creighton, Iowa over Providence, Wisconsin over LSU, and Auburn over Miami. Buckeye Boggs. I have two different matchups, but I've got all the same four teams. Kansas, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Auburn. Awesome. Wild man. Yeah, I have Kansas over Creighton, Providence over Richmond, uh, Wisconsin over LSU, and I have Auburn over Miami. Well, uh, Monk? I've got the same four in the end. Uh, Auburn, Wisconsin, Iowa and Kansas. Alrighty, I'm taking. Uh, I'm going with the one-two matchup here. I uh, Kansas Auburn. Yeah, I am as well. I think both Big Ten teams lose here. Well, Monk, go ahead. I'm going Big Ten on this one. Wisconsin versus Iowa. I'm actually taking half of that. I'm going Kansas Wisconsin. Alrighty, alrighty. Um, so that leaves us with the South, which is the upper right hand, uh, bracket here for us. So we got the Arizona versus playing right state, um, playing a game versus somebody else. And then we have Seton Hall, uh, TCU is your 8-9, Houston UAB, Illinois Chattanooga, Colorado State Michigan, or sorry, the team up north. I'm sorry for cursing, guys. I apologize. This is a PG show. I apologize. Um, Tennessee, Long Longwood, uh, Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago, and Villanova, Delaware. Um, I'm taking Arizona, TCU, UAB, Illinois, unfortunately the team up north, um, Tennessee, Ohio State, and Villanova. I've got Arizona Seton Hall moving on. Give me Houston over UAB. I really am struggling between Illinois and Chattanooga, but I'll go ahead and take the Illini. I do believe the team up north upsets Colorado State. Tennessee is playing awesome. They move on easily. Unfortunately, Loyola Chicago is going to beat us in the first round. That is how down I am right now on this team. And Villanova will move on. I know. Kick me off the podcast. No, no, no longer see, call me Buckeye. I'm, I, I was huh? thinking the same thing, Buckeye, and, and I'm and I'm revising mine. I'm going Loyola Chicago. Knowing that you did it, I'm re, I'm putting it back in. <laughs> I wanted to be the first one to call it, but yeah. 
Go ahead, Wild Man. All right. Arizona Seton Hall, Houston, Illinois, Colorado State, Tennessee, Loyola, Chicago, and Villanova. Mm. Monk. Um, Arizona, Seton Hall, Houston, uh, Illinois, the Mitten Kittens, <laughs> uh, Tennessee, and I'm the optimist, so I'm picking Ohio State. That boy, Mark. <laughs> and Villanova. All right. We didn't have to turn in our Ohio State podcasting cards yet. <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm taking Arizona, Illinois, uh, Tennessee, and Villanova to move on. Um, and then I have El- Arizona, Villanova, and the Elite Eight. Buckeye Boggs. Seton Hall upsets number one Arizona. Houston wins easily over Illinois. Tennessee will dominate the Mitten Kittens, and Villanova looks like a future national champion against Loyola Chicago. All right. And who's, who do you have moving on to the Elite Eight? Who's your Elite Eight? Uh, let's and go with yeah, let's go with Houston and Villanova, although that Tennessee-Villanova game could be really good. Yeah, see, I got uh, I see. I think I do have to go Arizona, Tennessee, there. Alrighty, um, Wild Man, you go. All right, so I've got uh, Arizona over Seton Hall, Houston over Illinois, Tennessee over Colorado State, Villanova over Loyola Chicago. Uh, I've got Arizona beating Houston in the Elite Eight. Tennessee upsetting the uh, Villanova in the three-two matchup. Alrighty, and Buck. Um, I'd take uh, Arizona over Seton Hall. Uh, man, that Illinois-Houston matchup is going to be a tough one, but I'll go Houston. Um, I'm going to take the Mitten Kittens over Tennessee because of the Howard factor. You know, nobody wants to get smacked by him. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, I really want to pick Ohio State here, but I can't be that much of a homer. I'm taking Nova. And your elite eight matchup will be um, Arizona versus uh, Villanova. Alrighty. So uh, my elite eight matchup um, coming out of the West is going to be Gonzaga Duke. Um, I just don't see how. Coach K can't I, – I, I'm a Duke fan, too, as well, for basketball, so I'm taking Duke over Gonzaga. Um, and then down here, I have Purdue, North Carolina, um, so I'm taking Purdue there. I have Tennessee coming out over the south, over Arizona, to join us in the Final Four, and then Kansas over Auburn out of the Midwest. Um, Buckeye Boggs, your Final Four. Yeah, I got Gonzaga over Texas Tech, and I think it's because Gonzaga up to this point is kind of much easier road than what Texas Tech had. I believe Gonzaga beats Georgia State, Boise, and New Mexico State on their way to playing Texas Tech, where Texas Tech is going to have to beat Montana State, Bama, and then Duke. So I think Gonzaga will be much more prepared and have fresher legs. I think they go to the Final Four. Between Baylor and Kentucky, give me Kentucky. Baylor fell flat on their face at the beginning of the Big 12 tournament. They looked very dysfunctional. And Kentucky, I think, has got the horses, uh, no pun intended, to uh, run this thing to the Final Four. 
So those are those are two of my final four teams there. Um, give me Villanova over Houston, but I could see where Houston up gets the up. You know what? Let me give me Houston. I got to get one team that's not a one or two in there. So I'll take the Cougars here. Uh, going back to what was that F- flying slam a jamma or whatever that was, Chris, back in the day with Houston Cougars there. Oh, in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, man, I, I'd love to love to remember that. And then I'll take Kansas over Auburn. I'm I'm a I'm on the Jayhawk bandwagon there. So give me Gonzaga, Kentucky, Houston, and Kansas. Alrighty, Monk, your final four, please. Just to go back on that uh, Houston play, that was number one on the 80s greatest moments on this old VHS tape I used to watch all the time. <laughs> kind of date myself there with that VHS reference. Um, but I'm going to take uh, Gonzaga over Texas Tech, Baylor over Kentucky, Wisconsin over Iowa, and Arizona over Villanova. Well, Jason, I remember Beta, so I'm even before the VHS. So, hey, I had I had Beta, or my parents did. <laughs> so I've got Gonzaga finally getting there, knocking out Duke. Uh, in the bottom half of that bracket, I've got Kentucky taking Baylor. On the other side, I have Tennessee upsetting Arizona, and then I have. Uh, Kansas knocking off Wisconsin. So we're down to final four now. Mm -hmm. Um, I have Duke going in over Purdue to the championship game, meeting Kansas over, uh, Kansas gets a win over Tennessee, uh, for an epic clash for Coach K's final game. Um, Eric, your final. Yeah. I think Gonzaga is just the stronger team over Kentucky. I really like to see Kentucky go on there, but I'm going to go ahead and say Gonzaga, and I'm going to go with another number one team, Kansas. I think it's Gonzaga, Kansas. So that's I think your final game. I like it. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I agree with Eric. I think Gonzaga is the better team here. I think Gonzaga comes off that side of the bracket. I like Tennessee for the upset here. I'm going to take Tennessee over Kansas. Buck. Um, Gonzaga is going to get the revenge on Baylor and Arizona over Wisconsin. Alrighty, and my national champion will be the Duke Blue Devils sending Coach K off <laughs> on the sunset. Dream! I would love to see it. I would Disney, love to see it. Disney movie coming soon to you. Yeah, yeah look, <laughs> look, when I first got into college basketball, Coach K and Duke were, you know, they were it. And ever said, I just love Coach K, and I, there's no better way I could see him going out other than a national champion. Uh, so I got to go with my Blue Devils. Go ahead, Boggs. You have Kansas Gonzaga, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. Does Gonzaga I, do it this year? Is it I've the got, year? I got a game going overtime. This Uh-oh. thing's going to go to overtime. Oh. And by one point, 72 to 71, your national champion will be – the refs are going to want Kansas to win. Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, all right. Buck, go ahead with your national champion. Well, I do think that Gonzaga could finally get over the hump and win it this year, but I don't know. I got a good feeling about Arizona. I'm taking Arizona with the first-time head coach winning it all. 
Alrighty, wild man. Give me the Bulldogs. I'm taking uh, them. Give me the, the Zags. I'm telling you, this is finally the year they do it. 68-65, Gonzaga over Tennessee. I love it. I love it, Chris. I love it. There you have it, folks. I have Duke. Buckeye Boggs picked in Kansas. Uh, the Muck going down to Arizona with the Wildcats. And the Wild Man picking Gonzaga for their first ever national champion. I love it, fellas. Um, so everybody, if you're a bracketologist out there, you're a bracketologist, you want to prove us all wrong, join in. Shots from the shot. The password is capital B, Buckeyes, then the number one. All right, go join. It is on our Facebook page. Uh, so all you have to do is click the link, download the mobile app, um, or fill one out online via the computer or their mobile version of the website. Um, and just join. It'll be fun. Buckeye Boggs, uh, I think you said you had some prizes for us, right? Yeah, man. We got some prizes. We got to be able to pick a, a autograph. Uh, well, last year we had autographs, but uh, the winner was a Penn State fan. So uh, Kevin yeah. Egan, he's already joined, by the way, guys. Kevin Egan's already signed up for this thing. He said he's coming back to reclaim his crown. He said, can you guys stomach a Nittany Lion winning two years in a row? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh. <laughs> so, but he didn't even want an autograph picture, but then he ended up taking it because he didn't let the cat out of the bag that his daughter was an Ohio State fan. So, um, she's yeah, smart you, gal. Yeah, you can win. You can win some T-shirts, some hats, autographs uh, from former Buckeyes. You know, it's worth your time to put it in because you know what? It costs nothing to enter a bracket, dude. It's absolutely free, and you can win stuff from the OHIO podcast and shots from the shot. And it's from our personal collection, guys, as well. Um, so just throwing that out there, you know, it is from our personal collection that we've got over the years that we'll be handing out. Um, I've got a couple that I'm going to give away, too. Um, so, yeah, we'll have some prizes out there. And uh, just have fun, guys. Again, like Buckeye Box said, it's free. It costs absolutely nothing uh, to join. Uh, Buckeye Box and the Wild Man, thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, this evening to go over the brackets with you. It was a great pleasure to have you guys here with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, much appreciated. Alrighty, guys. Uh, the Monk, any final thoughts here? Uh, nah, it's just going to be a very interesting tournament. <laughs> I don't even know what to expect, to be honest with you. I think Drink. a lot of brackets are going to be busted real <laughs> quick. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, sir. Bring on the madness of March. I love it. Tourney fever. I got tourney fever, and there's only one cure, and that's when April hits, fellas. Um, for all of us Buckeyes here, hang on, Sloopy. Keep Till calm and Buckeye on. All right, Eric. We had kind of a disappointing regular season this week, or this year. Sorry, this year. Um, for Ohio State basketball. All the fingers for all of us are pointing toward the man at the head of the, you know, the head of the table, Chris Holtman. Um, there's been a lot. I, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm going to let you start off with yours. <laughs> just, just turn it over and yeah. let me go. Let the horse yeah. out of the, out of the I, you know, pasture, huh? Yeah. So... <clears throat> My expectations of the basketball program, let's start there, because I think 
as Ohio State fans, there are two different kinds of Buckeye fans when it comes to this basketball team. There are the diehards like you and I. We bleed scarlet and gray, whether it be football, basketball, uh, water polo, you name it. We want to see Ohio State win everything that we possibly can. And <clears throat> being that the men's basketball team is the second highest revenue generating sport at the college, we want to see them succeed, obviously. And it's important that they succeed. Then there's the fan who is mostly into football and they only get excited about Ohio State if Ohio State is good, which there have been moments and times this season where that fan got sucked in and just as fast as they got sucked into this team, they got spat out again because of the inconsistencies of this basketball team. I marvel at the fact that this basketball team, number one, struggled to find an identity. That is that is a blame that goes squarely on the shoulders of Chris Holtman. As the head man of the program, as the head coach, it is your job to, number one, A, know your players, and number two, give them an identity. And he struggled with that this year. At times, it was the E.J. Liddell show. At times, it was the youth movement with Branham. Uh, at times, we we had an inside presence. At times, we had no inside presence, and we just shot threes. The inconsistency, especially on the offensive side, and then here at the end of the season, on the defensive side, blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind, Nick. And for someone who is has the reputation that Chris Holtman does within the college basketball community, meaning the so-called experts all marvel at how smart of a coach this man is, he has really struggled to do what I consider to be the basics of of a head man for a basketball program and making sure that the basketball team stays true to their identity and, number one, even have an identity. So I, I, I blame that on him. Now, there, in today's day and age, Nick, of NIL and the transfer portal and everything else, I think – there is a dilemma that these basketball coaches run into in that they have to try to keep more people happy. And this was brought up on our Facebook page earlier today. And it's not my idea, but it, I, it gave me pause to think about how difficult it must be to keep 12, at least 12, if not more guys on your roster happy to keep them out of the transfer portal. And maybe Chris Holtman ran into that a little bit this year. I don't think that ne- that that is necessarily the reasoning for the inconsistencies, but it might aid in that. I know that there was a, a portion of the season where uh, COVID and the flu and everything else kind of shut this program down for a few weeks, and they had to ramp things back up. And then at the end of the year, they had to push those games in at the end. But that still does not equate to how bad this basketball team limped down the stretch. At the beginning of the year, Nick, I told you my expectations were to be within a game with with that, you know with within the last week to go, just be within a game. They were there, and they had every opportunity coming off that win against Illinois, going into those last four games to win the Big Ten. 
And not only did they not win the Big Ten, they have stumbled so bad that they're the sixth seed in the tournament, Nick. It, it blows my mind. I mean, in the last week of the season, we went from the four seed down to the six. We right. Moved, we moved into the three, moved back down into the four, and dropped all the way to the six in three out of four games. That, to me, unacceptable, man. is way unacceptable, number one. Um, number two, it's unacceptable because of the competition you were facing. You lost three out of four to the bottom, and three of those teams are in the bottom half of the conference. Yeah, so if Ohio State, if they win those last four games instead of going one and three, and by the way, they were they were the favorites in all three of those games. We we are we are tied with Wisconsin and Illinois in a three way tie for regular season Big Ten champions. Right. We we're Big Ten champions right now. And the fact that they fell so flat on their face, that that points all of it right at Chris Holtman, in my opinion. He did not have this team ready to play. No, Unacceptable. No, he didn't have them ready to play and and to me, where where it was really obvious <clears throat> was on the defensive end of the ball. There was there was like in those games, it, it was hard to watch because it was just there was no defensive effort. It, it didn't look like there was a defensive effort. It looked like when we were on offense, it was oh well, Malachi didn't have his look. Okay, well, let's get the ball down to uh, you know EJ. Oh well, he didn't have his look. Now what do we do? Yeah. A lot of standing around on offense, yeah. man. A lot stand, of standing around. Standing around. Nobody was moving. Um, I don't even want to start on Justin Arms and what a like his liability on defense is like Ryan Gosling and remember the Titans. <laughs> I, you bad. know where's where's Petey Jones when you need him? It's bad. Um, he hit those two threes late in the game uh, against Michigan the other night to try to make the score look a little bit better. But I, I can remember there was at least three possessions in the second half where his lazy passing led to turnovers and then his Ole defense led to easy buckets. And he, it was just compounding for him. And that's got to be frustrating to the other four guys on the court when you see things like that. Now he's not the only guy that, you know, deserves some, blame here I mean the blame needs to go around to to everybody but again I go back to Holtman and I, I, I you're up you're coming out of the half up seven and Michigan goes on like an 11-0 run or like a 13-2 run something crazy like that to grab the lead and you waited way too long to call a timeout oh yeah it, that during that run that they were making when they were when they were on that when they were on six zero, and they were and you were only up one, that's when the timeout needed to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Because at, at that point, and and Eric, you know, just like I do, sometimes in basketball you have to let your players play through it, right? You have to let them play through those runs because at at a point. That's what they're going to have to do, right? Especially late in the game when you may not, when you don't have all your, you know, where you don't have a luxury of timeouts, you know? Um, you have to let them play through those. But when you're looking at your team up seven, coming out of the half, 
Michigan goes on a 6-0 run, you could see your guys are a little struggling. That's when you need to take the timeout. Right. Don't let it get out of control to where now you're like, all right, well, we're, we're down. Let's get a couple subs on defense, a couple easy buckets, and we're right back in it. You, now you're just coaching from behind and trying to give your guys momentum. Right. Um, can I read some, some comments? Yes. Um, go ahead. From, from, uh, our Facebook page. Um, this one was what I was talking about earlier. Scott Rogers, uh, who, who's a basketball coach in Northeast Ohio, by the way. He and I do a lot of chatting during games <laughs> because we both have a, our background in, in, as far as coaching and basketball. Scott says, I'm just throwing this out there. The last few years, the Buckeyes have lost players for whatever reason. I believe they all think they should start or play a lot, and if they don't, they transfer. That weighs on a coach trying to build something, and if someone is not happy, they leave. I've said it all year that I do like the sub pattern that Holtman uses. Now I may realize, now I may realize why. Um, trying to keep everyone happy by playing them, but it doesn't work. I would hate to be a college coach today with the portal and IL deals. Everyone wants the best players, but to me today, the best have ego issues, not all but a lot. It's all about me and not what is best for the team. I'm not saying I'm right here, but I think it, think about, I'm not saying I'm right here, but think about it. This could be a, an issue with this program. I think he, he's, he's onto something there. Um, And then this is Terry Slater. He says a coach today has to recruit quality players for all positions and for two, three deep simply to cover for injuries, portal, gunslingers, etc. The drop in quality from our first to second to second to third string is dismal. We simply aren't deep at any position, and that is the coach and coaching staff's fault. They recruit players that lack stamina and heart. I believe that right there big time. Our coaching staff seems incapable of motivating the players. I also believe that big time. This team has been an embarrassment all year. Ooh, ouch. <clears throat> you know, I, I just want to, uh, before we go on with some more commentary, I want to talk to that because I was just looking at, before we started, you know, our conversation here, just our previous recruiting classes since Holman came in, 2017 and going forward, right? Mm-hmm. The talent's there. I don't see... I don't see anything where we've lacked talent-wise based off of their ratings, right, them coming in. Um, obviously, we've gotten some really good transfers that have came in as well. But I want to touch on the, the motivation part because we're getting this very similar classes, right, that we had under the Thad Mata era. And he was and, – and where I'm seeing the differences is that motivation. Because that when we had that model, those guys were highly motivated to get out on the court. You know, they mm-hmm. bought into that system. So I don't. So I don't know if it's motive. If Holman's not good at motivating them throughout the season and keeping that, you know, that high energy going, or if you know maybe all these guys aren't bought into what Holman's doing and saying, "Hey, I got an offer from Ohio State." Big university. I'm going to get some attention there. I'm just going to go. So to maybe open up a Pandora's box that we don't necessarily want to talk about tonight, but because this could be for a podcast in the off season, absolutely. But Thad Mata ran into, <clears throat> at the end of his stint at Ohio State, so we're talking 
2015, 16, 17, those years, where um, his recruiting classes were good, but they wouldn't stick. They would come play one year and leave. And so he he ended up leaving a very bare cabinet, if you will, for Chris Holtman when he got here. In fact, that in that 2017 season for Ohio State, you had Cato Bates Diap, who was awesome, you know, yeah. and uh, who was the other player, the left-hander, left-hander from Pickerington, plays for Houston, uh, the Rockets right now, doing a really good job. His name slipped my mind. Uh, those two guys were really good, and they carried that team. But but here's the thing. That was Chris Holtman's best year, was that year. And as we as we get further away from Thad Mata and we and, and we get further into what is Chris Holtman's program, he's becoming very consistent in basically a 66% winning guy. 20, uh, 20, uh, 2018 season, 20 and 15. 2019 season, 21 and 10. 2020 season, 21 and 10. This year, 19 and 10. I mean, you basically look at it. He's going to win two out of every three games. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. But it's not our expectations because if you go back and you look at what Thad Mata did on a whole, Thad Mata was 337 wins, most at any coach in Ohio State history, to 123 losses. Still a little slightly better winning percentage, not not much, but slightly, slightly better. And but he had five Big Ten championships, nine NCAA appearances. He had a final four run, a couple final fours, a Big Ten championship game. You know, those were there. Those were there. We played there, at a national title. Yeah, we played we played Florida. Uh we went to two two final fours, like I said. Yeah. You know, Holtman's done none of that. I mean, none of that. He is – you look at this. We are we are five years into the Holtman experience here. Five years. We haven't made it out of the first round. We've not made it out of the – Second round. Second round. We've not made it out of the first weekend. You're right. We haven't yep. made it out of the first weekend. And some would say that that 2019 uh, team with, that got canceled because of COVID would probably would have done it because they were playing really hot at the end of the year. They got hot at the end of the year. I don't know. I mean, who could say? But in his other three other NCAA appearances, no, no championship. Now he did make a Big Ten championship last year, um, but again, uh, we went into the NCAA oh, tournament short. and fell flat on our face. Yeah. So there's a lot of fool's gold with Chris Holtman, is what I've been what I'm saying, and and like I said from the very beginning. Of the season, just be there. Give me a chance to win it. He was there. I was excited, but the falling flat on my face thing again is getting so old. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to. I don't know that Chris Holtman is the right guy for this program. I don't. I've lost faith in him. I really have, Nick. I I have too. Um, and like I was telling uh my fiance the other day, she goes. Well, what, you know, what, what's all this talk with Holtman? I said, 10 years ago, 2012, we were playing in the final four. We were. We were in the final four, right? Against, I think, Kansas. Yeah. I think and, so. And 
we fast forward the clock now. You know, we, we rewind it 10 years. We were in the Final Four. We're sitting here in 2022, and we're looking at a sixth seed in the tournament. Or worse. Or worse, depending on our Big Ten champion, our Big Ten tournament performance and what we do there. So where my faith is with Chris Holden, very, very low. You know, um, look, I, and we can only compare what we had to where we are now, right? Mm-hmm. Without going back too far. With that motto, I'm going to tell you right now, Aaron Kraft wasn't the best point guard in, the, in college basketball. No. Right? He was probably not even the most athletic. Not even close. Not Really not even close. But what Thad Mata did was go, okay, I have this point guard who's cerebral, who's like a coach on the court. He right. can command and call, you know, and command the court, slow down, speed up the game, and he knows when to do it. I can use that. I have William Buford. I have Deshaun Todd. You know, I have all these guys. Let me use them in the right ways. I don't see that with Holtman at all. Where we have, um, oh, where is he here? We don't have anybody who's a dog. We have no one with a killer instinct. We're that, too, ni- we're too nice. Yeah, we're just we're too, too doggone nice. But we do. His name's Kyle Young, right? But he's not. But he's not the assassin no. that you need because he's not the scoring threat. Right. 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 If Kyle Young was like maybe the point guard and he was, you know, I would see that. But uh, Kyle right. Young's, I mean, he's, he's, he's a grown man with a baby. You know what I mean? He's a, right. he's got a family. It's a different situation for, for someone like, like Kyle Young. So he right. can't be that guy. Right. You the, know, it really needs to be EJ Liddell. That needs to be the dog that you never ever see Holtman or EJ Liddell. Or anybody else, get in anybody else's face on their team. One time, just show me some passion. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you we we got it from Brunk the other night against Michigan State. And you but, had it against Michigan there a little bit in the first half. He was showing emotion. But when, when things aren't going well, you need to have someone who shows emotion to his, his teammates that says, all right, Climb on my back. Let's go. Let's go get a stop and go get a score. Let's let's swing the momentum here. And right. there's just no one who does that. You know, and now that you speak of that, and it just sparked it, and I believe the player was Dallas Lauderdale, right? I remember a game, freshman, Jared Sullinger, you know, the best, you know, the what the biggest name that's came to Ohio State recruiting why since Greg Oden, right? Right. And this young freshman got right into Lauderdale's face. I I remember seeing it, and I'm like, what is this freshman doing? Like, this guy's, you know, an upperclassman. Like, and now what I think about, now that you said that, he was telling, showing everybody on that court, I'm our assassin. I'm our Kobe. I'm our Michael. Rally around me. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... You're right. We don't have that. Liddell isn't like that. EJ Liddell is going to go. He's going to go pro. He's going to have a nice little career, I think. I don't think he's going to be a star or anything like that. 
Um, he will, he's good enough to where he can work on his game and, and probably be a good six man or, you know, come off the bench in the NBA for, for a good number of years. Um, there used to be a time where that guy would go, he would play all four years in college, in college, you know, he's not, he's going to go to the NBA now and there's too much money for these guys to be made, even if they go overseas. Um, if this team loses, uh, not only him, but Malachi Branham, expect this team to be so young next year. Now I know we got a good recruiting class coming in and I was, I was interested to get your take on this, Nick. I think that's what saves his job. Oh, with, uh, uh, Bruce Thornton and, uh, this new class that committed. Yeah, it's it's the number one class in the Big Ten in basketball. Yeah, and it's um, a fifth in the country. As yeah, it it's a top five in the country. It, it, it's good. Um, <clears throat> so that that's, I think, in my opinion, might be the only thing that that saves his job. I I agree. Um, but I think what really would seal the deal if I'm being honest, is him taking this team with as disappointing end of the season we had. If he makes a good run in the, like, makes the Big Ten tournament semifinals, takes us into the NCAA tournament, and we don't fall flat on our face again and get bounced out of the first round. You know, at least if we can make it into the second and be competitive and show, like, ooh, we were right there on the Sweet 16, then... I would say, yeah, he's fully, you know, he's kind of a little off the hot seat. His seat has definitely cooled down a bit. But, man, if we fall flat on our face in the Big Ten tournament and in the NCAA tournament, I, I don't know if this recruiting class can help him. Well, <clears throat> they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. They're going to get a lot of playing time. And if if you can and sprinkle these guys around Branham <clears throat> and Zed Key next year, I think I think you can be very very competitive in the Big Ten because the big a lot of other Big Ten schools are going to lose a lot of talent this year as well. Oh yeah. So, you know, I'm not I'm not throwing the book at him yet, and I agree with you. If he can get a win and get to the get to the the you know the 32 round of 32 and be competitive against a number one seed or a number two seed or a number three seed because that's probably who you're going to play if you're. If you're going to be a six, seven, or eight seed, you're going to have to play a one, two, or three in the second round, depending on your seed. So you're going to play one of the top teams in the nation. And here's the thing about this team: they've beaten Duke, they've beaten Illinois, you know, they've beaten Wisconsin, they have beaten some of the best basketball teams in the country, and then they fall flat on their faces against a Maryland. I, I mean, yeah, a that's Nebraska. <laughs> Which which team is coming into the uh, you know which, which team is yeah. going to show up that night? The team that beats Duke, or the team that loses by fifteen to Minnesota? Right. Or you know what I mean? I mean not Minnesota, but like you know, like you said, Maryland. That, right. That's and that's where I, I I mean I'm looking at this class, Eric. Like you said, it's a great class. I mean, we're gonna have we got some great talent coming in. Um. I hope it pays off for him, and I hope we don't fall flat on our face going into tournament time. I hope not. 
Any yeah. final thoughts on on Holtman, Eric? Yeah, I think I think it's finally time that we all realize that going into next year, depending on what happens here this upcoming week and in in the NCAA tournament this uh, this March. Um, Holtman's seat is getting very warm, I, I guess is the way I would put it. And if, if things continue to escalate like they have, that seat can get hot. And next year he might be coaching for his job is, is, I guess is how I would word that. Um, I was, I was about to just ask you it. Okay. So you're, you would bring Holtman back for next season based off of his recruiting class. Do you, in your opinion, do you base him? Do you say, "Hey, show me why we should keep you"? Yeah, I mean, he's because because this is what's happened before. It happened to Thad Mata at the end of his career, and it might be happening to to um, Holtman now. He's getting a really good recruiting class. If it blows up in his face in one season, that recruiting class might all just split. Yeah. We've done we've done this before, so I think you give him a shot. See what he can do with these these five young guys coming in next year. Um, and I, again, I think if Branham comes back, I think you're going to have a decent basketball team with Zed Key and he kind of the centerpieces. Plus, plus you're going to have some guys coming back off injury. Okay, so we're going to have Justice suing and and you know coming back yeah. next year. So there's a, there's some potential for, to have a really good nucleus of a, like three guys right there. You know. Um, Michi Johnson will have another year uh, off season under his belt, and Eugene Brown as well. And then you got these five stud freshmen coming in. You know, four of them are in the top sixty in the nation type of guys. We're talking like two or three of them, like Malachi Branham level here. Yeah. So you got to give them at least an opportunity. You know, given that to to do what needs to be done. Um. I think you give them that opportunity, but that seat is hot. And if it all falls, if it all tumbles down next year, I think he's done. I think he will be fired. Definitely. Well, Eric, I appreciate you stopping by this shot here uh, to yeah, give absolutely. us the hot seat, you know, the Holtman hot seat take. Um, <laughs> appreciate your brother. Uh, everybody, as always, check out Buckeye Boggs on uh, the OHIO podcast, our sister podcast to the uh, to us here at Shots uh, from the Shot. Eric, thanks for stopping by, man. You're welcome. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.